What's going on, lads and lasses? This is Brooks, host of the Wizards Junkies podcast and Sports Pulse uh, Network. Today I got with me another repeater. I got Ian Evans. Ian, what's up, bro? I'm glad to be back as always, man. Um, I just told you I'm a little tired, but you know, the grind really don't stop. We we do what we got to do. Always, man. Shout out to Ian. He just moved out of out of a University of Dayton, his place out there, and now he's back home chilling. Chilling, man. All right, so let's get into this. First and foremost, it looks like uh, the shoe has fallen off following this announcement for the July to- for the July return of uh, the NBA. A lot of players, coaches, execs are expressing their concerns just about you know the whole logistical path of the NBA returning. Um, you know, what are your thoughts and what are your reactions? to all these things going on after, you know, waiting so long for the NBA to return? I mean, it makes sense. Um, with a lot, we had like, what, 40 to 50 players in conference calls saying that, you know, they were kind of concerned with the whole corona. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Woj of ESPN uh, referred to it as the Orlando bubble, which is a perfect, honestly, description for it. But I, I mean, I get it. A lot of players, I mean, there's still a lot we don't know about this virus and I'm not you know, an expert on Corona, but there's a lot we don't know about it. We're seeing a lot of spikes in, you know, these states that are reopening. So I'm, you know, I can, I can see why they're concerned. Not only they don't know about it, they might have to get tested multiple times. Um, They're also obviously worried about getting paid. And I mean, we'll talk about that later on, but, you know, obviously if they don't go to those games, there's the, they won't get like punished, but they won't get paid for those games clearly because it stays in the contract. But it's it's stuff like that, you know. I mean, I'm not surprised by it. Um, I'm a, I'm only a little concerned. Do I think that they'll still go? Um, do I think the NBA will still, you know, play on? I think they actually moved it back a day to July 30th now. So, do I still think they'll go? Yes, because I think they're far along, far further along than a lot of leagues. Like we talked about the MLB before, they're still trying to figure it out. Um, I believe the M- MLBPA offered a, a counter uh, to having their season play out. But the, M- the NBA and the NBA Players Association not only have a great, you know, cohesive relationship with each other, I think that whether it be with the without getting paid, if they don't want to go to Orlando for those eight games, and all the other stuff will get, um, I, I believe, smoothed out. I mean, there's still um, what, roughly a month and a half left. So my first reactions were, you know, in terms of, you know, the whole concerns, I get it, but it, it might, in terms of the fa- as a fan, it might be a little concerning because you might see a lot of big name guys who get concerns kind of m- might want to drop out, not only because there might not be a lot of family there, they have to stay within that environment. They can't really go anywhere else because, you know, obviously you could be exposed to the virus, but you could see a lot of big name guys drop out. So that's that's my only concern. In it. I hear you. Um, it almost seems like the players that are concerned about it, they, it could be like another one of those, you know, it's not comparable too much, but it's, it's almost feels like it could be like another load management controversy where players, you know, players have been out for so long, um, you know, and, and the fears that they have are very, very valid. You know, you're not going to be able to see your kids and your, your, your family, whoever it may be for, you know, they set up to seven weeks, um, you know, and it's not like, I mean, during like the course of a regular season you don't get to see your family much regardless but seven weeks as opposed to you know maybe the length of a road trip or whatever it is that's a lot longer 
um, especially during a time when you have so many concerns, you want to see your family, you want to be able to, you know, hug and be intimate and all that. I think it's a lot to think about. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, as humans, you know, we're social beings. So that's why quarantine has been tough for a lot of people. And that's a lot of people have been breaking it because, you know, obviously, if you're an extrovert, you want to be around people. That's how you exert your energy. So, I mean, you, I mean, there's a lot of personalities in the NBA. A lot of people might want to be around a lot of people instead of being, you know, cooped up and staying inside of a, a room for too long, whether it be after a practice or after a game or something like that. So I'm 100% with you. I mean, people want to be not only just around their teammates, like teammates or family to them, but also whether it be um, like, I remember there was a report that said that they might, uh, the NBA might be using 2K uh, crowd noise. And honestly, <laughs> yeah. for for a little bit, I'd be like, okay, but it, it would be kind of weird. It would be a different type of playing environment. So it's, it's trying to add real to something that's not there. So, but um, I'm 100% with you though, that it, it's, it, that, all that kind of starts to get the gears turning in your head. Like I, I want my family there. I want this here. I want this. But sometimes because of this virus, you know, you, that might, they might not be able to accommodate for that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just like you said, there's over the course of, if this was a normal situation, you usually have a lot of accommodations for players and that's going to be another big adjustment for players. Cause you know, you had that controversy with a uh, LeBron and uh, Phil Jackson, when Phil Jackson was talking about his policy, you've had, you know, back in uh, 2000, 2001, Doc Rivers and Tim Duncan weren't able to sign a deal for the Magic because Doc Rivers didn't want, um, you know, Tim Duncan to have his, his wife on the, on the flights. You know, players like to have these accommodations, and it seems like there's not going to be as much as there usually is, and that will certainly be a, an adjustment. And the, fact, the point that you had about 2K... I had um just a quick flashback of people talking about like skipping over the David Aldridge interviews. <laughs> listen to that. And then I think another part another part of that is getting um the Chris move NBA two K when he was like when he's doing the splash sounds. <laughs> That'd be iconic. That'd be iconic. Absolutely. For those of you who don't know that Chris Move is a uh NBA two K YouTube legend. Um, he's been doing it since I'm what, 24 now. He's I started watching him when I was 14, 15 years old. So it's been a good 10 years. That's wow. That's crazy. He's in the YouTube Hall of Fame, basically. Honestly, when you think about for it, for sure, for sure. And speaking of 2K, I know that they are also doing. Um, they're still streaming the NBA 2K League games. Um, you know, I know that the Wizards. I don't know how good the Wizards gaming is. But I know they're existent and all that. Would you ever want to watch 2K being being like streamed? Um. Yes and no. No, in the sense that if I'm I'm, I'm watching if it's like a playoff format. I think they're still in like a. I don't know. I, granted, I don't know how it's set up, but I still think they're playing like regular season games or whatever. I'm not yeah. trying to watch that. I'm good, honestly. Like if it's like a championship <laughs> game. Then maybe because these are some of the best players in the world playing 2K for a living. I'm talking getting banked for it too. Yeah. But I've seen it on ESPN too, and I'm seeing like the Timberwolves gaming affiliate versus I don't know the Mavericks gaming affiliate. And it's like a regular season game. I'm I'm good honestly, but I, I mean some of them play for like a lot of prize money. And actually some of them I don't know if you knew this, but one person that I believe 
is playing either for the Timberwolves or Celtics affiliate is actually from Maryland. And he went to mm. Sherwood High School here in Maryland. So I was like, oh, never knew that. But um, it's interesting to see where a lot of these guys come from. But um, in terms of, you know, watching it consistently, no. Because I, I have 2K, I can play. But, I mean, it's not going to be as good as them, but I can still play it. But uh, I'm good. I'm good. Like, um, when the NBA players were having their little 2K tournament, I'm not going to lie. It, it was it was cool to watch, but some of them aren't aren't that great. <laughs> so, um it, and they'll admit yes to it, no. too. Hmm? So they'll admit to it, too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I have to agree with you on that. Um, it just won't be the same as actually watching real basketball. But at the same time, we're kind of deprived of sports content, too. And like I said, I was 14, 15 years old when I started watching NBA 2K on YouTube. Um if I could sit through that for 20, 30 minutes, hours at a time, if I if I had to, I, I could probably do it again. Um, it just wouldn't be the same. But on to the next one. Um, speaking of just the season format, NBC recently created a possible scheduling format for the NBA. Wizards' schedule came out pretty tough. They would have to pay, play the Celtics twice, the Bucks twice, OKC, 76ers, the Nets, and the Suns. My question for you is how many wins do you see the Wizards getting? I know last week we had opposite views. <laughs> what are you thinking right now? So I'm smiling right now. And it's, it's smiling because, like, we talked about it last week, that it was going to be rough for the Wizards no matter what schedule they got. Yep. And honestly, this might have been one of the worst schedules they could have got. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's take it game by game, and I'll give you why they go, you know, this record. So they have the Celtics twice, like you said, the Thunder, 76ers, Nets, Bucks twice, and Suns. I literally see them max going winning four games and the worst winning two games. And I say this because, look, you have the Celtics twice. During the year, they didn't play that great against the Celtics. Um, I mean, look at the Celtics roster. They're loaded from their starting to their bench. Their bench is powerful. I mean, look, you got Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown, you have Gordon Hayward, who now has only a mustache, so that should be interesting. You have um, Daniel Tysu is the center that can shoot off the bench. You have Brad Watermaker, Marcus Smart. You have a lot of guys on that on that roster that no, can only beat can can beat you on both sides of the floor. Personally, for the Wizards, I don't think they can. I don't think they match up well against the Celtics. Also, it's not like a home versus away game. It's both played in Orlando, and mm-hmm. because of that, I don't think the and also a little biased because I am a Celtics fan, but I also love the Wizards too. But look, when you look at it this way, I just don't think the Wizards beat the Celtics at all. However, I do think they have a chance to beat three teams. The 76ers, the Nets, and the Suns. The I Suns, agree. I say because, I, when again, you can look at the matchups. I don't think, I love Devin Booker, and he's we, we've talked about it, he is a bucket, but he lacks a lot of defensive capabilities he's not a liability but he lacks some of the defensive capabilities and we talked about it Bradley Bill is a, a walking bucket a walking 30 piece he can give um Devin Booker 30 any night mm-hmm. um so I 100% believe that the the Wizards can actually take that game away from the Suns not only because I think when it, when it comes down to it the Wizards starting five is better than the Suns and then a couple key pieces off the bench or look or just give them a little bit of an edge over the Suns. 
Um, I think they beat the Thunder, too. Actually, not the Thunder. Did I say the Thunder? The Nets. Sorry, the Nets. Only because of one guy who is not playing, and Katie is not playing. So, however, do they have they have Kyrie? They have Spencer Dinwiddie. They have all those other guys. We get that, but I think defensively, and you can see it in the stats. I think defensively, the Wizards are a better defensive team than the Nets, and that's why I give the Wizards that edge. Only because, I mean, when you when you look, I mean, we love Kyrie, but he's not really known for his defensive, you know, ability. I think guys like. Even Gary Payton coming off the bench, or I mean, granted they don't have IT anymore, but Ish Smith is fast, and he can, he can yeah. find a way to. He's a playmaker, but he can still find a way to get to the cup. I and think Kyrie isn't playing either, but they do. He's not playing. Yeah, I think because he's he's still hurt. Oh yeah. Oh, that is right. Yeah. Well, there there it's, it is. That's that's another reason right there. Still cares. Wow. Yeah, there yeah. it is. That's another reason right there. Kyrie's not playing either, so. Um, I 100% give the edge to the Wizards. And the last one I see them beating is uh, not – I said OKC, but not OKC. I meant the 76ers, like I said before. Uh, the Wizards are better shooters than the 76ers. I mean, that was one of our concerns. We talked about it way – like a year ago, roughly a year ago, that when the 76ers lost J.J. Redick and they lost um, – I mean, granted, they got Josh Richardson, but they lost a lot of shooters. We were like, oh, Jimmy Butler. That was another one that left. We were mm-hmm. like, who is their shooter? They have no one to shoot. And that was – granted – I think I believe they were fourth or fifth before the NBA. Obviously, you know, had to canceled down due to Corona, but they were bottom half. I believe either last or bottom half in shooting. So honestly, if the Wizards can shoot and you know get get it going early, I think they'll be fine. I think their only concern in that game is defense because clearly the 76ers are you know a large, physically intimidating team. But honestly, you're not beating the Bucks twice. I'm sorry, you got to go up against Giannis. You have no one on that team that can really contain Giannis. OKC, they found themselves a gem in Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. And NC3 helped close that team out too. Exactly. Um, I 100% agree that OKC not only, I mean, led by Chris Paul. And I mean, I don't really see a guy on the seven, not, not, a, not the, on the Wizards. That can really contain. I mean, Thomas Bryant will be fine, but I don't know about contain. Also, he had his injuries throughout the year too. That's another thing you have to monitor with your Wizards fan. But I don't think there's a guy that can, can contain Stephen Adams like that as well, and a guy that can, especially a three and D guy like Gallinari on the team as well. Grant, he's been in trade rumors, but he's still on the team. He mm-hmm. still has been able to produce uh, before he was even traded to the Thunder. So it'll be very tough if the Wizards sneak past. I can see it, but I. I strongly think that the Thunder will be able to take down the Wizards. So, granted, I'll give them four and four if, as their best, and two and six as their worst. So, I definitely agree with you with the Sun, with the Suns and the Nets, because I think as as great of a scorer as Spencer Dinwiddie is, and as great <clears throat> as a as a shooter as Joe Harris can be, I think I don't think that's enough firepower for them, and I think. Their offense is still trying to get figured out. Plus, they got you know Jacques Vaughn there, who's going to try to figure out how to coach them as well. There's a couple of questions more that you have for them as opposed to the Wizards. Suns, the Wizards don't have to have their best day to beat them, but you can say the same thing. You can say the same thing, vice versa. But I don't think Devin Booker, like the Suns, are are a competent team now, but I don't yeah. think they have them winning pieces now to actually sweat the wizards plus they have the worst record as well um 
I feel like the OKC game is probably going to be the most entertaining one if this season, if this schedule passes out, because you have a really exciting backcourt with CP3, Shea Gilgis, Alexander versus you know Bradley Bill, um, Rui. Like that's going to be really entertaining, and I feel like it's a it's a good toss up. I think it depends on what happens in crunch time. Whoever gets it, Bradley Bill has proven himself to be a better closer after I've watched some more film. Um, you know, he, like, originally last season, he could not finish at the rim during those closing moments. He missed, he, he short-armed a couple shots. Like, I think he's figured it out a little bit more, and he's probably one of the low-key better closers in the league. Um, I'll leave that up to anybody else listening to really understand. Um, and I think... I think the Celtics and the Bucks. I think it just depends on how the Celtics and the Bucks wake up on two of those matchups. Because, yeah, granted they're both gonna get at least one win, but I think the second time around, if the Wizards wake up really well, they play confident, they play better, they they out hustle them. I think they could do it. Um, but I I tend to agree with what you're saying. I think they the best they're gonna go is four and four at worst, three three and a, and five that's that's just my assessment that's fair let's see that it's just for so my thing is the splitting of the series with the bucks and celtics it's just hard because you got well bucks clearly were the best team in the league with the best records in the league and then you have the celtics who were battling pretty much for second third and fourth with the raptors and the heat so they're basically kind of jockeying for position there that's why i only see if the one team I could see the Wizards splitting with is the Celtics, because granted, I, the Bucks. I mean, you have Giannis, who's a generational talent. You yep. have so many. I mean, Chris Middleton has had a ridiculously underrated year that no one has been talking about really. You have Brooke Lopez, who's just coming down shooting threes at seven one. Splash like, Mountain. Wow. <laughs> exactly, but I mean, it's, it's stuff like that you kind of put into account for the Bucks. That's why they're so deadly. Um, but when you look at the Celtics, they have ch- times where they, you know, kind of lack momentum from time to time. Like, they'll go into, you know, games. Like, early at the beginning of the year, they were on, like, a 12-game winning streak. And I think it ended when they lost to the Clippers in overtime. That was an incredible game. But mm-hmm. the Bucks, you know, they'll find a way to keep momentum and gain momentum. The Celtics will find a way to have momentum and then lose it randomly. So that's why I see the Celtics possibly splitting – this um this eight game series I mean not eight game series the two game series with uh, the Wizards but I really don't see the Bucks losing to the Wizards anytime soon in this um eight game but yeah I could see whether three and five four four or two and um six I would be very surprised if they went one and seven I would legitimately be shocked would yeah, I be, that, would it make sense yes but I'd be I'd be shocked that would be so underwhelming and kind of feel that would just bring back like so much negativity towards. Just a, a season that it was kind of not necessarily trending up, but like you you could see what was going on. You could see the future possibilities. And I think that would just be a terrible way to go out for this season, especially with everything that's been going on. Um, but I feel like the competitiveness of this team and how it's been built, I don't think they're going to allow themselves to just win one game. You know, I see the Suns doing that more than the Wizards doing that, you know? Yeah, 100%.
No disrespect to Devin Booker, though. Devin Booker. <laughs> even Devin Booker said, oh, this is the season I want to make the playoffs. While in that same clip, crying about Joakim Noah double-teaming him. So it makes me question the commitment there to improve. But that's exactly. a topic for another day. Exactly. Speak, we, we spoke about Bradley Bill earlier and about him being a walking bucket. Shams, shout out to Shams. I don't mean how to say his last name. Cherneria? Cherneria? It's something like that. It's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, mentor or mentee back in the day. You know, he's our age. A great NBA insider. He broke the news that the Lakers, the Heat, and the Pelicans have entered the chat. They've entered the chat room. They've entered the rumors for the Bradley Beal sweepstakes. Um, if these rumors were valid... If you if you were to go to the Pelicans, the Lakers, and the Heat, who would you want to see be exchanged for Bradley Bill? So, if I'm the Lakers and you really want Bradley Bill, you're gonna have to give up a lot, and it's not only because you have LeBron under contract, you have AD who's about to be an, uh, about to be under another contract. Clearly, he's coming back, but you're gonna have to give up a lot because obviously, like we said, Bradley Bill's a walking bucket. So when you're looking at this roster, right, for the Lakers, you have guys like. Danny Green. They just signed Deion Waiters. I don't know why, but they did. Um, but you got guys like, I mean, even veteran pieces like Jared Dudley, who says he doesn't want to um, retire anytime soon. You got guys like, you, I mean, if you're a Wizards, if you're a Wizards fan, you kind of want more Breeze and obviously someone to replace um, Bradley Beal. So when you're looking at it, you want either picks, like whether it be a first. I, honestly, if I'm a Wizards fan, I need a first round pick. I need at least a first-round pick. This man, Bradley Beal, was at one point considered the franchise. I mean, along with John Wall, considered the franchise for the Wizards. So if I'm Beal, not if I'm Beal, if I'm the Wizards, I at least need a first-round pick. One. I need one. Second, I need someone to replace Beal before before we get that draft pick, you know, in the the later years. So Danny Green could – um, be be very. If I'm a Wizards fan, I would like Danny Green. I like a shooter that can come, not even just come off the bench, but start. Not only be a three and D guy, hit his hit his spots, but also defend tremendously. But I need a guy that can replace him for that time being, so we can you know get the draft going and see who we can replace him, not replace him with, but obviously get a guy like Danny Green coming off the bench. But then you got guys like I, I believe Jared Dudley can be. I think he's been on the Wizards before, but I could be wrong. But I believe a guy like Jared Dudley could also be a guy that could, you, you need. I feel like you need shooting to replace for Bradley Bill. If you're a Wizards fan, you need someone to replace that. I don't think you're going to get like a superstar from the Lakers. So if I'm the Wizards, I'm straying away from the Lakers. However, I believe that the Pelicans would be interesting. I do. Because they have a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of younger guys compared to the Lakers. They're a relatively older team. You have, oh, I mean, look at, honestly, you could even somehow get Drew Holiday to get on the on the Wizards if you really could look at it. But again, I really do need that first round pick. I do because I really feel like Bradley Beal is worth more than just a player like one and a three player package. I really do. I think he's he's worth the first round pick, especially by the way he's progressed through the years. If you're looking at this roster with the Pelicans, granted they're not going to trade away Brandon Ingram. I think him along with Zion and along with Lonzo is their franchise. I think you got guys like Drew Holiday could be on the move. Especially if you want to replace a two guard, because Drew Holiday technically could play the one and two. But if you want a guy that's strictly a two guard, imagine Lonzo, Zion, 
Bradley Beal, Brandon Ingram, and what's it, Jackson Hayes as a starting five. That's deadly, especially throughout the years. That could be mm-hmm. extremely deadly. So if you're the Wizards, you're looking at getting Drew Holiday. You could maybe even get guys like uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker as a, in a sort of a package and a first-round pick, maybe even some money. Honestly, you could even get a backup for Rui. Like, um, it, dep- it, it depends on contracts, but you could even get, like, Derek Favors, even at that, because you'd have Zion starting at the four. Why not? So I, I think if any rumors are legit right now, I really don't see a deal going with the Lakers just because I feel like the Wizards' priorities and who they have set up and their roster don't really work well with the guys that the Lakers have on their roster. Look well for the Pelicans and the Heat, though. That's So uh, in terms of which ones are le- truly legit to me, Pelicans and Heat are legit to me. I think the Pelicans and the Heat would be pretty legit, too. The only problem with that is the pegging order because you have to think mm-hmm. or. You know, you have Brandon Ingram, who's become, like, their go-to guy. Right. You could probably have him be number one. But do you want Zion to be a third option, or do you want Bradley Bill to be a second or third option? I feel like Bradley Bill on the Lakers would be a better third option because he's someone who can help elevate a Lakers team that much higher. You know, because then you have you actually have shooting, and you have someone who can lead the bench – as far as just like the second unit play, so that you know scoring isn't going down too much. Um, as far as the he goes, I feel like him, Jimmy Butler, and Goran Dragic will be a lot of fun if Goran Dragic wouldn't get traded in that package. Mm-hmm. Plus, you still have Bam Adebayo, and you have two other shooters and Tyler Hero, and uh, uh, what's his name? The dude from Michigan who went to a D two school, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson, yeah. Yo, that's like another splash trio, splash brothers. I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch. And I think you'd be good. I'm not mean to cut you off, but then the question is, because then you have a lot of guard-heavy guys. Chris Dunn was just in the conversation for Rookie of the Year. What happens with him? But, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think think he'd be a good throw-in because – or let me not not disrespect him like that. I feel like like that's someone that could definitely come in and help lessen the pressure on John Wall, you know – whether as if they do like a a dual point guard thing or they do it as like, you know, him just coming off the bench and relieving John Wall on the on the court. I think we're at that phase now where we're going to have to prioritize his health and his minutes, load manage him, all that good stuff. If Chris Dunn was to get traded, um, I don't think Goran Dragic's value is as high as Chris Dunn's would be. Okay. Um my last thing is because then obviously you know one of the biggest things that happened in the the trade deadline was they got uh, Andre Iguodala. What yep. happens with his role in the whole thing? That's why I mean it's it, it's it's likely it could happen, but they have so many pieces. So with the Heat, it's like how much should we give up? Mm-hmm. And the Wizards is how much do you want? But or how much do we want? So, but yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it happening, but it's yeah. just like, which pieces do you move? Because they're they're a really guard heavy team. Like, granted, they have Bam Adebayo and My- My- Myers Leonard, but we know that Bam Adebayo is the starting center and the franchise for the Heat. We know this, and yeah. they just they crowded. They want. I'm pretty sure they want for a while because he's an incredible three and D guy. But when you look at the rest of the squad, obviously, you know, it's just very guard heavy. They drafted Tyler Hero for a reason, but do you think he's gonna want to be? that guy that stays coming off the bench behind a Goran Dragic or, or do you like, again, do you get that 
in a trade package to kind of start Tyler Hero later on the line. But yeah, I 100 percent agree with what you're saying because there's a lot of packages that could happen there. Yeah, man, it's exciting. Um, it's just a lot to think about. It's a lot to to consider there. You know, I think out of the, out of those three teams, I feel like the Lakers would have the toughest time because they don't have the youth that the Laker that the uh, excuse me that the Pelicans and the Heat have, or the same kind of assets. Like, who are you gonna give up that's comparable to Bradley Bill? Like, you you have to involve a third team in there and that could be the Pelicans or that could be the Heat. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm I believe in Pat Riley. You know, he is the godfather. He is the guy who <laughs> the big three. Like mm. he's got he's he's probably got something cooked up in his head to figure this all out. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean I mean these these execs know what they're doing, especially when you look at the Lakers. Honestly, Pel- Pelicans we were kind of weary about once the whole trade with the Lakers went down, but it's actually starting to work out in their favor. But, I mean, all, the, all these three execs know what they're doing, and uh, we'll see what happens. But, honestly, I don't think he moves. I don't. I hope not. You know, they <laughs> invested a lot of money into that whole backcourt, so you got you to gotta wait it out for at least, I'll give it three seasons at the best, and then see what happens. Right. I'll give it three as well. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So, thank you again for, for coming on. Thank you for another bout of your great takes uh we'll see you soon man and you know once again thank you and we are out bang